0: Life has its ups and downs, life can be hectic, life can be fun, and life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world today. Happy New Year, everybody. It's Pastor Dan Jr. here from Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so glad you are listening today because I absolutely, with all my heart, Love this time of year because there's so much optimism and there's so much faith about what is to come. I want to welcome you to this uh, episode of Venture Podcasts, And today I want to teach a message that I honestly believe has the potential to significantly impact your life and your year above anything else that I could suggest. Uh, We are coming up on the new year, 2019, and every year most of us try and make New Year's resolutions or disciplines in our lives, like reading the Bible all the way through or praying with your spouse consistently or journaling more or just being healthier. And the list could go on and on and on. Well, today I wanna tell you about my new discipline and I want to give you a chance to consider joining me in this one very simple discipline and I call it Words to Live By. Before I talk about that though, I know that all of you would say in in your context uh, or in your job or in your family, it could be really challenging at times, am I right? It's probably challenging sometimes, and it can be that way. And I want to say very transparently, and and I don't like to be a a whiner, but what I do as a pastor can be significantly physically challenging, It, it can be emotionally draining and spiritually draining. It can be very tough. And I don't say that to whine, like I said, but I'm just saying there have been many times in many years where I thought, I don't know if I can do this forever. And the reason I'm telling you this is because in almost 20 years of, of being a pastor, this last year has been one of the best that I've ever had. Uh, it was significantly different and better, and my life is spiritually, physically, emotionally, and relationally better. I want to tell you why. Why? But first of all, I'm going to tell you why it wasn't the worst. There's nothing easier in this last year. There was nothing less complicated. There are more moving parts than ever before, and, and the schedule uh, is busier than it has ever been before. Nothing has changed about what I do, but let me tell you what changed. What changed is the way I think. It was all, it was uh, in 20 years of pastoring, one of the best of all 20 years. Of, of it, and it was probably the hardest and most grueling, but it was the best, not because I changed what I do, but I changed how I think. Now, some of you are going to go, well, great, you know, new year, schmoo year, the positive thing again, blah, 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 okay, and others others of you that are listening are, are probably leaning in and going, great, bring it, you know, I need this, I, I know that my thoughts matter. I want to say right now that your thoughts matter more than you can imagine. You know, the posture you're sitting, listening, or where it, maybe you're driving, or whatever it might be right now, it tells you so much about the direction of your life. Your thoughts matter more than you could ever imagine. In fact, I'd love for you to uh, think about this big thought. And if you have time to write this down, if, you're, if you want to take some notes or whatever you want to do today, but listen to this. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Let me say that again. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Mark that down. Take it to the bank. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If your thoughts are full of faith, full of God's truth, you are becoming more like Christ every single day. If your thoughts are negative, toxic, polluted, I promise you, you will not live in victory. I promise you, you will struggle in your actions because your thoughts are far from God's truth. Our thoughts, our lies, move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In fact, I want uh, to read to you uh, from the chapter of Romans, chapter 8 to be specifically. These verses have significantly impacted the way I think about uh, about thinking. And this is what Paul said. It's Romans chapter eight, verses five through six. Those who live according to the flesh and have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You see, your inner dialogue, it matters so much. And I don't know how many of you you talk to yourselves, how many of you, you know, might just at some point during the day just start talking to yourself. I know I find myself talking to myself all the time, uh, especially, you know, when I'm in a in a situation like maybe driving or, you know, in working somewhere or just in a project or whatever it might be. Uh, But and sometimes my my inner dialogue is very pleasing to God. And other times, my inner dialogue can be very destructive. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. Is your inner dialogue dominated by sinful, negative, and critical thinking, or would you say that your mind is controlled by the Spirit of God, consistent with God-honoring Christ-directed thoughts? In fact, let me give you just a couple of different scenarios to help you answer this question. Is your life your thought life? Is it, is it more God-centered, or would you say it is more negative-based? Here's scenario number one, okay? It would be, uh, this would be more God-centered. When you wake up, is the common direction of your mind during the day this? My God is with me. My life matters. I've got a great calling. I'm full of faith. My mind is full of life and peace. I've got divine energy to do everything that God has called me to do. I'm excited about this day. Today I'm going to make a difference for the glory of God. Does that represent something along the lines of your thinking? Or do you kind of wake up and think, snooze, I'm tired, where's the coffee? Who's that kid pulling on me at the edge of the bed? Why do we need these kids anyways? Oh my gosh, here we go again, it's a tough week. Too much to do. Wish I had an extra day in the week. I am tired and, and I have to go to my stupid job, work with stupid people. Life's overwhelming. Whatever I do, I just can't get ahead. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm probably exaggerating a little on, the, on both sides, you know. But if you're really honest, what would typify the general dialogue that you have with yourself in your mind? I want to make a statement and I'm going to ask a question, okay? And I want you to really think about this. The statement is Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. The question is Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Let me say that again Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? You see, I woke up a few years ago and I said, quite honestly, no, I'm not. I don't like my inner dialogue. And let me tell you what I found myself saying over and over and over again is what, uh, what I found myself saying is, man, I've got to do too much. I can't get it all done. I don't know how long I can keep this up. This is just too overwhelming. And this is what I said over and over and over again. And I, I'm not proud of it, but that was my inner dialogue. What I recognized is I needed God to help change my thinking. If God could change my thinking, that could change a lot about me. God helped me change my thinking through his one discipline I call words to live by. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is a verse that has spoken to me for years and years. And maybe it'll speak to you in the beginning of this year in a new and a fresh way. And this is what Paul said. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What I love about this is not, uh, it's not me changing me. This is God changing me by renewing my mind, by stopping the negative lies and replacing them with godly truth. This isn't me working to change me. This is me working to align my thoughts with God's thoughts. And when I think God thoughts, God changes me, not into a better version of me, but a new person. So I'm asking you, let God change you into a new person by by changing the way you think. Because like it or not, so much of life isn't about what happens to you, but so much of life is how you think about what happens to you. Let me say that again, because you need to embrace this. It's it's not just, yeah, something bad can happen to one person and they fall apart. Something bad can happen to someone else and they're like, well, I just got closer to God because of this. It's not so much what happens to you, it's how you think about what happens to you. It's the same with stress. Stress, uh, stress is not about how much you have to do, Stress is how you think about what you have to do. When you recognize that God is with you, his power is real, his grace sustains you. And when you're weak, he carries you. In your weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. And and suddenly what used to seem like stress becomes an opportunity to tap into his power. It's not all uh, about all that you have to do. It's how you think about all that you have to do. And I love the way that Paul unpacks this powerful thought in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says this, 2 Corinthians ten three through 4 For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world, is what Paul said. We fight with prayer. We fight with fasting. We fight with the word of God. We we got the sword of the spirit. We've got the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. We, we've got the helmet. We've got the belt of truth, the shoes prepared with the gospel of, of peace. We don't have normal weapons, and our weapons are powerful. They demolish what Paul calls strongholds. And you might be asking right now, what is a what's a stronghold? Well, the Greek word that's translated as stronghold is the word ocheroma, And I'm not sure technically how you pronounce it, but I'll give my best shot. And and this word, it's like if you can imagine a castle with a a dungeon. It's a prison, and a very literal translation of this is a, a prisoner locked by deception. So what is a stronghold? It's someone who is in a prison and deceived believing there is no way out. It's a wrong mindset. It's a spiritual trap. This morning, I want to tell you a story about my brothers and I. You see, I had uh, two younger brothers, also a younger sister. And when we were growing up, we played all kinds of games. And and some of them were made up. We made up a game that was called blooper ball. It's kind of a combination of basketball, uh, wiffle ball, and and baseball all in in one. And then we also played uh, a game that we called water baseball. Uh, as you can tell, we kind of like baseball, and we just basically play in a pool with the same kind of rules as the blooper ball, in a sense. And some of the uh, some of the games that we also played were the same, same as the ones you guys probably played, like tag or hide-and-go-seek and those types of things. Well, one day we were playing hide-and-go-seek, and my brother hid in our shed. Well, uh, how do I say this? Uh, as a pastor, and of course I wasn't a pastor back then... Uh, but I cheated, <laughs> and I saw my brother go into the shed while I was counting, and so right after I was done counting, I went over to the shed and I put the lock on the door, like any good brother would, right? And as the game went on, my, my brother apparently never tried to peek out or or anything, because when the game was over, we hollered uh, for him to come out, and, and that is when he found out he was locked in the shed. And he began to scream, you know, let me out, let me out. And after a few minutes of screaming, we were so nice to him. We told him that this is where he was going to spend the day. Needless to say, he was not happy. He began to really scream loud at this point and we felt bad for him. So we went over and took the lock off the door. But apparently he was screaming so loud, he didn't hear us do that. We told him again, that is where he was going to stay for the day. And he began screaming more, you know, unlock the door. I want out and, and I'm telling dad. And we said, go ahead, you know, and he just kept screaming and, and hollering. Well, now at at this time, it has been, oh, at least 20 or 30 minutes since we had unlocked the shed and he's still in there. So us being who we are, uh, we didn't like that he was screaming and was probably afraid, So we decided we we should probably do something about this. So we walked away and and, and kept playing. (laughs) Just as good brothers would do, right? We figured he would know that it was unlocked at some point and just walk out of there. So a couple hours go by and and here we are playing with our friends and and, and I kind of got to thinking, hey, our parents haven't come out to yell at us yet. You know, by now my brother should have told on us for sure, and my mom and dad would have been hollering us to, you know, at least come inside and talk to us and things. Well, then I heard this faint, like, knocking sound and a scratching sound coming from the direction of the shed. And I was like, there's no way he's still in there, is he? And I went over to the shed, and sure enough, he's still in there. I opened up the door to let him out, He comes running out, mad as can be, saying, I'm telling on you, I'm telling mom and dad. And I looked into the shed to see what he was doing. He was trying to pry the nails out of the wall to get out of the shed. He never tried to open the door again. That, my friends, is a stronghold. That is a prisoner locked by deception. That is someone who is believing a lie and is not living their life in a way that they could. I'm going to tell you right now, many of you, that's exactly where you are. Satan has got you convinced that you can't, you won't, you never will. He's got you so convinced you don't have the faith to reach out and grab what could be yours. Why? Because you are believing a lie. It is a stronghold of the evil one. And the good news is that you have divine power to demolish strongholds. How do we do this? Well, the text goes on. Paul teaches us in in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love the way the New Living Translation illustrates this. I normally read from the NIV, but I kind of took a peek into the NLT and And I love how this, it worded. Listen to what it says. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. I like that. If if you've got a rebellious thought, what do you do? You capture it. You say, shut up, rebellious thought, and you're going to obey Christ. If you've got a critical thought, what do you do? You capture it. You say, sit down, critical thought. I'm going to teach you to obey Christ. You've got a negative thought and, and something says you can't or you never will. You capture it. You, you capture that rebellious thought. You say, shut up and sit down. I'm going to teach you the word of God. You take captive every thought and you make it obedient to Christ. Here's where I need you to work with me a little bit, okay? I'm going to give you two questions to ask yourself. And the first one is this. What negative thoughts are dominating your thinking? I'll say that again. What negative thoughts are dominating your thinking? I'm going to give you some ideas and, and, and if you wanna kind of put these to memory or if you're in a place where you can jot down notes to write down two or three of these they are uh, uh, that are very real for you, okay? Here's some ideas. You might think, I can't get it all done or I'm not a good enough mom. You know, She, she brought homemade cookies and I brought store-bought cookies. Hashtag I suck, whatever it is, you know. I'm always going to battle with such and such. I'm very inconsistent. I'm off again and on again with God. And I'm undisciplined. Or I'm never going to get mad. Or I'm I'm sorry, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm always going to struggle with my weight. I'm just not good enough with people. I'm just an average student. I'm never going to get into graduate school. I, I'm not enough. Whatever it is, think about it. Quite honestly, when your dialogue tips to the negative side, what is it that you're consistently telling yourself again and again? Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So now I want to ask you uh, uh, another question. I want you to ask this to yourself. What spiritual truth will demolish? your strongholds what spiritual truth will demolish those unhelpful ungodly thoughts and this is if if maybe you're a, a new to church or or maybe you're listening to this podcast for the first time or if you're a new follower of jesus okay you may need some help with this okay And this is why, uh, one of the reasons why uh, we are going to start life groups here at Chandler Acres, and if you're in a place uh, that you're attending a church that you can join a life group, that would be uh, so important, because when we get together with other believers and we talk about uh, God's word, and you may say, here's what I struggle with, and somebody else may say, well, here's actually what the what's true about your situation and here's some thoughts that that might help you and I you know I went through the same thing and, and God helped me through this and and those types of things. so I, I encourage you to do that. Here's my discipline I call words to live by. What I want to encourage you to do is is seek God first in every day. What do we do? We seek God first of the day. we worship God first of the week, we fast first of the year and return first of our increase back to God through the local church. We put God first. If you put God first every single day and you spend time with him and you pray for just a few minutes, if you feed on his word and and then you speak aloud, what he says is true. That discipline, words to live by, can completely change your thinking. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some uh, suggested statements, okay? Then at the end, I'm going to give you my statements, and these are the words I live by. Almost every single day, I, I spend time with God, and I speak these words aloud. They change my thinking, and that change of thinking is completely changing my life. I'm going to give you some suggestions. Maybe maybe you're worried all the time, okay? Your statement might be this. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything, I cast my cares on God because he cares through me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind day in and day out. You declare that statement by faith. Maybe you you don't know God's will for your life. What does he want me to do? Every day you say this. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my step. I know his voice And he leads me to his perfect will. Or maybe you lack confidence. And so every single day you're going to say this. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit uh, lives within me. I can do everything he calls me to do. Maybe you're inconsistent in your time with God. And you're going to say something like this. And it may not feel true at first, but you just keep saying it, okay? You keep saying it until it does become true to you and you say this, I love the living and dwelling presence of my good God. Praying is as important to me as breathing. God's word nourishes my soul. I depend on his presence every moment of every day. Now this may seem silly at first, but you say it over and over and over and over again and what happens? You are consistently speaking what is true And God is renewing your mind. He's changing the way you think. Here's what will happen with you. You may think, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I can't get through the day. Christ has given me everything I need. With him, I can do all things. The more you say it, the more you'll renew your mind. And then one day there will be just this switch that just takes place. And that's exactly what happened in my life last year. My schedule became more intense than ever. And what changed was the way I think. And when my thinking changed more consistent with God's truth, it completely transformed the way I love and I do ministry. What I want to do is I'm going to share mine with you. And this is a little bit vulnerable for me, I'm gonna be honest, but but I want to tell you what I struggled with. And and then you'll see why I wrote these statements that are my words to live by, okay? You can see, here's my struggle. And then you'll see, here's my solution from God's truth for me. I struggle with putting God first because there are so many urgent, urgent things going on in my life. And I really struggle with choosing the important over the urgent, and it's an ongoing battle for me. I love my wife and I I love my kids, but I'm telling you right now, I always feel like a failure at home and I always feel like a failure at the church because no matter what I do, I would tell myself I can't seem to do enough at the church and I, I can't be the husband and dad I want to be at home. And so I'd tell myself that I'm not good enough. I can't get it all done. And so that was a real struggle for me. I love teaching, but the reality is I know how distracted people are and I know how easy it is to miss church. And and so the idea of consistently delivering a message message that engages the heart and is spiritually accurate to transform the soul week after week or month after month and year after year to the same group of people, it can be a little bit overwhelming to me. And so how do I keep that up? Those are my issues, and and you could tell where my negative thoughts would go every day. Well, this is what I declare. These are my words to live by, and this is what God has been using to change the way I think. This is what I say to myself. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and will always try to do better for her. I will teach my children to love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I love people and believe the the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am growing closer to Jesus every day because of Christ. My family is closer. My, My body is stronger. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people far from God. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. My words, thoughts, imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. I bring my best and then some. It's what I bring after I bring my best that makes all the difference. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today, day in, day out, day in, day out. Declare it again and again and again and again and again until I believe it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm called to make a difference in this world. I have the mind of Christ. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of me that makes me powerful for the kingdom of God and all of those thoughts brought together in my mind made for the most effective, productive, and God-honoring year I've had pastoring his church. That's why with every bit of excitement, passion, and spiritual enthusiasm I have, I would love to invite you to join me in going before God and letting him change us into new people by changing the way we think, not locked in a shed by a lie, but set free by the truth. You know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you declare it over and over and over again, you might just get to the place where you believe it. Satan is the father of lies. Jesus is the author of truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. That's why these are words to live by. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm asking that you'll please come and join us next week as we start a new series called Mastermind as I share with what's on my heart. I hope you can enjoy us. See you then.